Well, some of you already know this, but I spend a lot of time on YouTube watching videos of farmers. Don't judge and don't laugh. You all have some weird things that you do too. And I'll admit that it's a little bit strange. It's a little bit weird. But Google can also be one of my best friends. When I need to fix something or, you know, when I don't know how to do something, I Google it. Especially anything that pertains to the, the area of plumbing. If there's a plumbing project, Google, YouTube is my best friend. When I want to know how to get somewhere, I don't use an atlas, I use Google Maps. When I want to know what the best restaurants are around me, if I'm traveling to a new town or I'm somewhere that I've never been before, I will look online at Google and I will check out what Yelp has to say about that restaurant. If I'm trying to find out what Brittany might want for Christmas, I always check her Amazon list, of course. And most of us are always looking stuff up. We're researching something or another. And in some ways, all the new ways of searching for information has replaced the old ways of searching for information. You see, a map of our town, it used to be great until we had a map of the entire world at our fingertips. And maybe I'm a terrible person, but I don't even pay attention when the flight attendant goes over the emergency protocol before takeoff. How many of you all just tune that moment out when you're flying? But at the first sign of an emergency, I'm going to be trying to remember what floats in case of a water landing. You know, I mean, like, I should probably be paying attention, so I know the answer to that question. But almost everything that we buy and everything that we do has some type of instruction attached to it. And almost none of us read those instructions or remember that they even exist until the moment when something is broken. When help is needed, when we're, when we're desperate, when we're desperately searching for some answers to some really important things. And sometimes, sometimes the Bible can feel that way. It can be seen as a manual for, for living. It has been provided, but, we've, but we're likely often to just toss it in a drawer only to be used when we have an emergency or something is wrong. And until that time comes, we may disregard it like any other manual. And there are a lot of reasons for that. It can be hard to read. Understanding it can be difficult. It's big, but the words are small. Unless you buy a Bible for people who can't see, they do exist. But, and it sometimes doesn't seem necessary until I think I need it. It's looking just fine on my nightstand or in my drawer. Thank you very much. But here's a question that some of you have thought before, though most of us would never ask it in church. And here's the question. Why do I need to spend time, why do I need to spend time reading the Bible before I have a problem? Because in all honesty, can't I just Google the answers to whatever problem that I have in the moment? Now, you may be a believer who has 
wrestled with this and landed on the other side more certain than ever that time spent in God's word is essential to your faith and that's great. And I pray more passionately than ever that, that you believe it enough to have passed that on to someone else. That you are in genuine discipleship relationships and that you're able to guide someone else on their journey to understand how important our Bible really is. But many Christians don't yet fit into that category. And research and polls and honest conversations, they all agree that very few Christians today are convinced that being in the Bible consistently actually matters. And let me just say this because it tends to happen in our culture because we get to be so critical of the current culture that we live in. This is nothing new. The fact that people have struggled to read their Bibles is not just a younger generation issue. It's not just a, a cultural issue in 2022. This has existed since the beginning. That, that people didn't read their Bibles more in 1975 than they do in 2022. But even faithful, truly committed believers admit that it has been at times very difficult to build Bible study into their daily habits and rhythms. And when it comes to time spent in the Bible, the group or this group who struggles would agree that the Bible is trustworthy. They know it's trustworthy, but they just haven't made it a priority. Now, life experience with humans tells me that anything that we genuinely believe is beneficial, we will make those things a priority. We fill our vehicles with gas because we know we can't get anywhere without it, or it's harder to get somewhere without it. We make sure our kids get an education so that they can, they can succeed in this life, and there's no guarantee in that either. We take our medicines, or if you're crunchy, it's your supplements, because we don't want our bodies to give out or get sick. You see, if we truly believe that God's word changes us, if we truly believe that God's word refreshes us, lets us see into the heart of God, if we ultimately knew that it was, that if it was at least as much of a benefit as those other things, it would already be an absolute priority for each and every one of us. And I wouldn't be up here trying to convince you otherwise. Like I said, research polls, statistics, and conversations all communicate that the majority of the people in churches today, including this one, struggle at making this a consistent thing. So my goal today is to do just that. that there are so many reasons why I want to inspire you to make time spent in God's Word a priority. And I stand as a witness, and many of you could as well, that I've seen the impact that it has made in my own life. I've experienced the benefits of consistent Bible reading myself. And those benefits, they aren't questions that you can just Google the answers for. When depression is setting in, and, and we've all experienced that, you need to know what God says can help you. 
When you need to forgive someone, someone has hurt you deeply, you need to know what God says about how you can do that and do that in the best ways. When you're questioning cultural issues, you need to see first what God says about it. You see, the internet doesn't understand feelings and it doesn't understand emotions. You see, when you, when you do use it as a tool to help you research and understand things, you have to consider the source as well. Can this person, can this website, because here's the deal, I've had so many conversations where so many of you have said, I just Google it when I have a problem. When I need to know what, what does God say about this specific thing in my life, I just, I just Google it. But you have, to, you have to be careful, like what does this, this teacher or this speaker or this author, they may have a lot of influence, but is the information that they're communicating accurate? Now, don't get me wrong. I love a podcast. I love study Bibles. I love study books. I love listening to sermons. I love going to conferences. And study tools can be very, very helpful. But they're all subject to human influence and human error. With the big questions in this life, what can we trust? And of course, my answer this morning is simple— it is the Bible. God says that it is a light to our path, that it's a guide. Google can't answer the greatest questions of this life, but God can. Your best friend cannot answer the greatest questions that you have in this life about what is God's will for your life? What is your purpose in this world? Your friends can't answer that question, but God can. And so last week we talked about the Bible and how it's not just it's, it's, we talked to the Bible's not just being, it's not a book, but it's a collection of books written by 40 different authors over the course of 1,500 years or so on three different continents in three different languages. And these writers, they, they would have never called these writings books, and they definitely would have never called it their Bible. They didn't look at it as a whole collection either. And some of them didn't even actually know that God was the one inspiring them to write those words. But they were writing down individual records of their experiences as they were inspired and guided by the Holy Spirit. And so if you have a Bible, find Psalm 119 this morning. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. It'll be on the screen. Many of you know that Psalm is a wonderful collection of songs and prayers. And these were reflections and they were responses back to God. Much like what our worship is like on a Sunday morning. It's the longest book of the Bible, and it has the longest chapter. And the major theme of, of chapter 119 is how God's Word is useful, and it's helpful to, to us in all things, in every area of our lives. And so we're going to look at one key verse this morning in this very long chapter. And, and no matter where you are on your journey of prioritizing God's Word in your life, we can all hold close we can all hold this verse very close to our hearts and in, as we help other people. And so verse 105 says, as many of you probably had this memorized, the word says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light on my path. Now, walking in the dark can be scary. It can even be Dangerous to walk in the dark. Without light, it's very easy to get lost, and it's easy to run into things that you, that you were not expecting to be in the pathway. Now, if you have young kids, boys especially, this is kind of like stepping on a Lego. 
How many of you young parents with young kids have stepped on a Lego in the middle of the night? It's a painful experience. But this psalm, it teaches us that life can be just like walking in the dark. We don't always know what to watch out for, or we don't even know which way to turn sometimes. But we see here that God's word, it, God's word to us can be a lamp for our feet on our path, guiding us and helping us see what the next step is. You see, the Bible brings things into the light. When we have something providing light to the entire path, it helps. And this is what happens when you get to know God's word. Some of you know this. Some of you know this, but don't truly believe it. That when we make time to understand what God is actually saying, when we research the heart so we can understand the heart like we learned last week, context brings clarity to our lives. And so many of you know this. God's word will light up the path. God's word will light up the path. It will keep you from danger and it will keep you from darkness. You will now be walking in the light. You won't be surprised by the things of this life. You won't be tripping over the things that, that are there to, to hurt you and to harm you. You will have a light so that you can see what your next move should be. I mentioned this last week. We should not make a move in this life. We should not make a move in any direction without consulting God first. Like, what does God say about this matter? Should I leave this church? Does God actually speak into that actual issue biblically? Is this church on mission? What is God calling me to do as a part of this body? Those things will guide us, but we have to know what His Word actually says about those things before we make those really big decisions. You see, knowing the Bible and knowing what the Bible says can give enough light to know exactly how to respond to sin and to the tough questions that we encounter all the time. When we need to see the big picture, when we need to see, when, when we need to see what we can't actually see, that's exactly what the Bible does. It brings things into the light. Many of you know Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. It says, For the word of God is living and it's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Now this isn't a sword that we use to hurt people with. This isn't a sword that we use to prove how wise and how godly and how spiritual we are so that people will praise us for how smart and wise and spiritual we actually are. The words of the Bible get into every part of our hearts. It gets into our minds. It gets into our lives. The words are active. They are alive and they do something. But they do something in you. They do something in me. They do something in us when we allow them to get down and deep and inside of us. Now, we live in a world where everything is at our fingertips. But getting the big picture, understanding how we should live, can't just be Googled or read in the latest self-help book. Neither Alexa nor Siri can actually provide those things. 
And understanding the Bible and knowing where to find things, getting familiar with it will come in time. It's like learning an instrument or maybe it's a journey of, of getting in shape, you know, reaching any similar goal like that. It will require your time. When it comes to the Bible, you have to actually spend time with it and in it. And as you do, you will begin to, to know it, you'll begin to love it, and when you know it, you'll have the answers to so many of life's challenges all stored up in your mind. You'll be ready for whatever comes your way. But it will not happen overnight. You cannot take a pill. It cannot be delegated. But knowing the Bible can happen. You can get to a place where you, where you know what the next move should be. So I have several friends who are pastors, and I, I sent them all a text, and I asked them to provide me with a percentage of how many people they assume are not reading the Bible consistently in their churches. I want you to take note of this because these things are important because you'll hear this rhetoric a lot. These churches are churches of all sizes, from 50 people to 1,000 people to some that have 5,000 people. Of all different styles, whatever that actually means, of churches in rural communities and churches in large metropolitan areas, all ages, young and old. And here's what, my, here's what they said. Every pastor said, and, and, and I didn't make this number up, everyone wrote back that, that they would estimate based on conversations and issues that are present inside of their churches that over 80% of people in their churches are not reading their Bible regularly. Now, if that's you, don't feel called out or ashamed. My prayer instead is that you'll feel inspired this morning by what this word in Psalm 119 communicates to us. I'm hoping that you're convinced that God's word is truly a light unto your path. Because it is. And I'm not actually trying to guilt you or shame you if you're not doing so well because that does no one any good. There are so many distractions. And there has always been distractions. And I believe that Satan is behind so many of those distractions, by the way, that he even uses good things like full mornings with our toddlers, the children that we love, a good morning workout routine, or a really good book. Those great things in our lives that are not bad things, but they seem to get more of our attention and they draw us away from this intentional time with God in His Word. If you're not consistent this morning, my challenge to you is just try to fix it. I don't want you to feel guilty. I don't want you to feel ashamed this morning. Just work on it. Because I believe that you can do that. I believe that you can get better. But don't look at the Bible as a manual you only go to when something is broken or falling apart. That has been my story so many times in my life. Something's wrong, God. What do you say? I haven't, I haven't read anything that you said in, in weeks, but hey, right now something's hard. So what do you say? And we've been given the very words of God, so treat it as an exciting treasure map that you have been invited into. You see, people who have gone on before us, whose stories, 
victories and mistakes have all been detailed for us. And here's the thing, the Bible is so much more than just a self-help book or a manual for living. It's an invitation to get to know the God who loves and knows you. And for those of you who are struggling with this, and if the estimates are correct, that's 80% of you, what will you do? And so I want to give you some actual steps this morning that you can put into practice this week. Now, some of you are going to potentially roll your eyes at how simple these steps are. You may roll your eyes because you know you should be doing it, but you're not doing it. Or maybe you roll your eyes because you're just frustrated that I'm talking about something so simple, but I don't know. Here's, what, here's, what, here's the first thing that I just think you should do. It's real simple. Get your Bible. I'm a simple guy. Sometimes it just starts with just getting the Bible. Maybe you need to pull it off your shelf, or maybe you need to get it out of the drawer, or maybe you need to pull it out of the box that's in your closet. You might need to go buy one. I don't know, but whatever you need to do, just get one and get a version that you can understand, that you can read. Like I said last week, life application study Bibles are incredible. Now, I'm not a legalist either. You can use a digital Bible too. I use both. I mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong with using a Bible app. I personally believe that it's important and it's good to be familiar with a paper Bible so you can know where to find things and, 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 and where books of the Bible are. You can see notes. You can see things that you've underlined and highlighted. Have something tangible in your hands that is, is precious to you that you could maybe even pass down to someone else. But remember that we are blessed to have it all. Because Christ followers in the early church for the first three to four hundred years didn't have either. They didn't have paper Bibles or digital Bibles. Step two is just as deep. Read it. So get it and then read it. Make a decision that I'm going to actually read the thing. I know, I know it's a big book. So here's a few options. Read Philippians. It's an incredible book. If you want to see a book full of daily living challenges, read Philippians. The book of Psalms is a great place to be. And Proverbs. And for anyone who is struggling, just taking the time to sit down and open it up is a big step. But it's so worth it. Just ask anyone who has made it a priority. If you were to ask me, is it worth it to spend that, that 15, that 30, that 60, that 90 minutes in the Bible every single day? I would say absolutely it's worth it 100%. It makes a difference in the path that you're walking. So maybe in order to read it, you need to set an alarm. Maybe you should make, it a, make a calendar appointment with yourself. They say if you do something 21 times, it becomes a habit. I don't know, but I just read, reflect, and pray. It's a rhythm. So develop your own systems and your own routines. And then remember what you read. Remember what you read. Today, I'm not going to challenge you to memorize the Bible or verses of the Bible. That's next week, so that'll be fun. But I am going to challenge you today to find a way to take in what it says and to take it with you every day.
everywhere you go. Write something down. This could be on your phone, a note to yourself, a text to yourself. You could journal. You could use a notepad. Maybe it's time in prayer, something specific that, that you're praying over. Maybe you write down some specific questions. Maybe there's a verse that sticks out that you want to remember. This happens for me. I am in a, I am in a, um, a version Bible reading plan with some other men in our, in our church. And, and there's one thing that we, we take away every single day. And I remember that throughout my day. Here's how I'm praying today. Here's what I'm remembering about the promises of God today. Here's what I'm doing today because of what God's word has done in me today. And then I think we should talk about it. You don't have to meet with your pastor about what you read unless you want to take me out for some coffee because that would be great. And, and I would love to actually get coffee with people and, and talk about stuff in the Bible, by the way. So let's, let's, let's do that. But if you're married, this could be with your spouse. Maybe it's, maybe it's with a parent at dinner. It could be your best friend at, you know, in between class or on lunch break or maybe at your own job during breaks or whatever. It may be someone in your small group. I don't know. But talk about what you are learning. Because when I talk about what I'm learning with someone else, it, it helps me grow. Things stick in my brain. And maybe, you've, maybe you do one of those things every single day, or you do it all at the same time every single day. I don't know. But it can be a small investment every single day that makes a difference. Here's what I know. This will turn the light on in your life. The Bible was meant to be engaged with. It's not just for emergencies or for pastors and small group leaders and Bible class teachers. So let's get it, read it, and remember it. Because here's the deal. A light is only helpful if you turn it on. A light is only helpful if you turn it on. And no one wants to be walking blindly in the dark. So maybe you could be that person who is, who is shining the light for someone else just because you are using the light in your own life. That you know the next step, the right answer, and you can help someone else because you took a small part of your day to really get to know God and what he says about living and about life. You could be the person who mentors or disciples a younger believer, someone newer to the faith, or someone who is struggling with this. Because if you believe it's the right answer, why wouldn't you share it? And so many people think that reading the Bible is, is hard, and, and, and I believe that it can be at times. But living in the dark is much harder. Reading the Bible is not harder than navigating all of the obstacles in this life in the darkness. So read it, and read it consistently. I can promise you that when you do, over time, you will have the light to see what to do next. And that will make all the difference in your life. A light is only helpful if you turn it on. And our Bible, your Bible, is worth our time. Because the Bible brings things to the light. 
And so maybe this week it starts with some of those challenges. Maybe you just need to pull your Bible out of the closet. Maybe it's in the back seat of your car. Just, it's just, it gets chucked back there after Sunday morning service and you pull it out next Sunday when you come into the building. Maybe it's setting that reminder on the YouVersion Bible app that just sends you a reminder every single day to spend time in His Word. Maybe you could have that conversation with someone else. Like, hey, what are you learning? What is God doing in your life? How is, how is God changing you? How is God lighting your path? As you make big decisions, as you look ahead to the future, whatever it may be, maybe a parent, you just sit down with your kids and you say, hey, you know, what are you learning as you are reading your Bibles? What are you studying? What is God teaching you? It's a wonderful conversation to have. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be this thing where we're like shaming people. If somebody's not or they're struggling, it's an opportunity to invest. It's an opportunity to encourage and not discourage someone else. So maybe it just starts with that, especially for those of you who are consistent. And if you're not, make a plan to have your pathway lit by God and His Word. The word says that it will not return void, that it is enough, that it is perfect, and it will be enough for you. So my challenge is that you would live in the light and not in the dark. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the opportunity today to be challenged by this verse in Psalm 119 that you've so graciously given to us, you've provided, you've preserved for us. So God, I pray that your word would be a light to our feet and a light on our path. But God, we have to turn the light on. So God, will you through your spirit challenge us and convict us and remind us of how important your word really is. Help us to use it, help us to love it, and help us to live our lives through it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.